This is About Space, America's Return to Space, with news and information on our U.S. space program. Is your host of About Space, David Denault. Welcome and thanks for joining me today. In a new recent paper published in the International Journal of Astrobiology says, in short, first contact with aliens could likely be the result of a recipient coming across an ancient technological artifact. Much like the theory surrounding interstellar object Oumuamua, which some experts have argued could be exactly that. But the study also suggests that the second encounter may include a form of artificial intelligence. Next, as America and the world is listening to About Space Today. Welcome aboard and meet Carnival Cruise Line's new Chief Culinary Officer. I'm so excited to take on the most sweetest job at sea, Chief Culinary Officer for America's favorite cruise line. I'm really looking forward to helping bring new, exciting, and unique flavors to the Carnival Cruise experience. This is not only going to be delicious, but it's also going to be a lot of fun. Emeril Lagasse, Carnival's new Chief Culinary Officer. It does have a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Like, bam! Book your fun cruise on Carnival today. Call D&D Cruising Tours, 877. 877- 747-8631. That's 877-747-8631, the official agency of About Space. And come see the Caribbean. Welcome back. 46 years ago, we took the first steps to communicate with advanced spacefaring civilizations in interstellar space. It was a message intended for any intelligent extraterrestrial life form who may find them. On September 5th, 1977, NASA launched Voyager 1 from Cape Canaveral, Florida. Almost four decades later, that craft is over 12 billion miles from home. Voyager carries a golden record containing a greeting from the people of Earth to the alien life form that may someday find it. On the record is a collection of images and sounds, a short glimpse into the soul of our planet. But since aliens probably wouldn't know what to do with a phonographed record, NASA had to provide a set of instructions on the record cover. But what could they say? How do you begin to communicate with a life form that evolved entirely separately from us? Scientists at NASA had to invent a code that anyone living in the universe might be able to decipher. So to do this, they started with what is by far the most commonly found molecule in the universe, hydrogen. These are the instructions on how to make the record work. Assuming aliens wouldn't have record players like we do, NASA included one on the crafts, with the needle already in place. These markings are binary code that define the speed you'd need to turn the record to get it to play correctly. Translated, to hear greetings in 55 different languages. This would be followed by music and sounds from Earth, like a train in motion, crickets chirping, fire crackling, laughter, and a baby crying. In total, there are 116 images on the record. They show our solar system, our planet, 
and ourselves. Without much to erode it in space, the golden record is estimated to survive for a billion years, traveling aimlessly through the Milky Way. It's impossible to say whether Voyager or its twin, Voyager 2, will ever be found and retrieved by another life form. But, as Carl Sagan, who chaired the Golden Record Project, put it, The study also describes the type of alien most likely to invade. More from an unveiled report. When we consider the biggest threats to the future of humanity, the rise of artificial intelligence is always a point of debate. Robots gaining consciousness and overthrowing humans for supremacy on Earth is a genuine concern for many. But what if, actually, it isn't our robots that we should be worrying about? Whether it's the small green beings of science fiction, the tall gangly greys of many an alien abduction story, or the non-carbon entities of some academic predictions, there are plenty of ideas as to what real alien life will be like. There aren't always that many links between the various different versions, although they usually are in some way biological. As with earthly life, including humans, it's often supposed that ETs will have evolved along similar pathways. That if they were ever to arrive on Earth, for better or worse, they'd be at least fundamentally recognizable as an organic thing. However, not everyone agrees. First, why might an alien force arrive on Earth to begin with? The aggressive invasion by an all-conquering empire is a popular trope in the movies because that's probably what's most exciting. Then there's an idea attributed to Stephen Hawking that aliens traveling through space would be more like wandering nomads, visiting planets in search of things they need, like resources and fuel for their ships and continued existence. There are some serious arguments that aliens really would come in peace, too, as well as some theories that what they'd want would be so unknown to the things that we value that actually we might never notice that they were ever here. There is then a long list of possible motivations, but all are united by their need for ultra-efficiency. An invasion of a foreign planet requires supreme planning. The galactic nomad lifestyle is reckless without a strategy. Arriving in peace is all well and good, but only if you're also prepared for a hostile welcome. And a hypothesized advanced group literally beyond human understanding? Who knows how sharply their minds would have to work? AI robotics fits the bill across the board. This view that aliens, when they come, will most likely be robotic, that they'll be post-biological, is shared by, among others, the SETI Institute astronomer Seth Shostak. Because of this, one philosopher, Susan Schneider, has proposed a theory called the short window observation. A key idea within it is that any beings that have invented radio communication are only a short time, perhaps a century or two, away from upgrading their biological bodies. It all has to do with a seemingly natural path that technology arguably follows in order to unlock other technologies. For many, it's a path that we are currently on. We're moving between harnessing energy and building machines, toward blurring the boundaries between that and us. The renowned historian Yuval Noah Harari is another who has explained this theme, predicting that humanity will have upgraded to become cyborgs within just the next 200 years. Again, a very brief period of time, but one that could truly shape our far future destinies. And so, to apply the short window observation to hypothesized alien beings as well, it appears highly likely that successful ETs should also have experienced rapid tech growth, and therefore that they should similarly have upgraded their biological bodies. In short, the chances are high that aliens are robots. How might this have actually come to pass, though? Looking at our own story, the transfer of human consciousness into artificial brains and bodies seems a hugely important step. 
And indeed, for us, this might not be so far away. Modern scientists are busy mapping the human brain as we speak. For many, it's all wrapped up in our quest for immortality, with the building of unkillable artificial bodies all that stands between us and life ever after. So, it wouldn't exactly be surprising should another intelligent species head in the same direction. Nor if that intelligent species were to then complete their short window, coming out the other side equipped enough to travel to other planets like Earth. Because in the grand scheme of space, overcoming death is more than just living forever. It's very likely necessary for anything hoping to survive interstellar travel. From our perspective, if humanity were trying to reach the next nearest solar system to us, Alpha Centauri, and if we were traveling at light speed or just below, then it would still take more than four years for just a one-way trip. To survive such a journey as a mortal, we would need enough food, water, oxygen, and medical supplies to keep our bodies going, while also finding a way to withstand all of the other extreme demands of long-distance space travel, like radiation exposure. And that's all even in a reality where we have unlimited fuel for the ship and some means of temporary stasis to put a stopper on our own aging. Clearly, as we are, it would be impossible. But not if you were to sub us for artificial robot beings. And we see this thinking already, with the number of robotic missions we today send into space compared to crude launches. Putting machines up there is not only more feasible, it's also much safer. And again, why wouldn't another intelligent species come to the same conclusion? Why would they risk themselves when they'll likely have experienced the same short window and devised various AI options to go in their stead? There'd be so much less that could go wrong during their launch, journey, and eventual arrival. For those who support the theory, it's not only possible, but very likely certain that aliens will be synthetic in nature. As we grow to understand more about space, potential life, and what that potential life could and won't be capable of, it's an alien stance that looks set to gain more and more followers. The extremely long-winded generation ship model aside, there appear to be precious few other solutions for humans in space. And we're potentially right in the middle of our own short window of technological progression right now. Consider an alien group in a similar position, or what's more statistically likely, that they're beyond their window, and it's probable that they'll be following the way of the robot too. But it's certainly true that the furthest tangible evidence of us in space is wholly robotic. The Voyager probes have a long way to go before they reach even Alpha Centauri, but if an alien were to encounter them, then it's they that would represent biological us. It's only a short jump to picture those roles reversed. And that's why robotic aliens are the most likely type of aliens to invade. But in the event of an extraterrestrial civilization ever trying to get in touch with us, it can't hurt to be prepared. Check out our Facebook page, AboutSpace.Today, for launches and landings, and invite your family and friends to listen weekly. Join Don Meyer, Space Coast News Editor, this Friday for America in Space. And to all our listeners around the globe and here in the U.S., thanks for joining me. I'm David Denault, and this has been About Space Today.